Welcome to How I Raised It, the podcast that goes behind the scenes with entrepreneurs who've raised capital. We uncover the tips, tricks, and techniques they use to get investors to write a check. Strap in and turn it up. Hi, welcome to another episode of How I Raised It, produced by Foundersuite.com. Today I have Ryan Singer of Chia. How are you doing today, Ryan? Good. How are you? I'm very good. So, uh, very interesting what you guys are doing. Tell us what is Chia and where did you come up with this idea? What was the motivation? So, I didn't. Uh, my co-founder, Bram Cohen, did. So, Chia Network is a Delaware company based in San Francisco that Bram and I founded last summer. And the goal is very simply to build a better cryptocurrency. Uh, Bitcoin is one of the marvels of the modern world. But... As it's evolved over the last 10 years, we've gone from a very decentralized network where farming and nodes were all over the world, excuse me, where mining and nodes were all over the world, whereas now the full node network is still very decentralized, but mining is very centralized in just a few different mining pools, mostly in the developing world, and it's incredibly wasteful of mostly non-renewable power sources. So Chia hopes to be a cryptocurrency that has all of the advantages of Bitcoin, the same open access network that doesn't need validator lists or staking or any of the other problems or centralizing features that every other consensus network before and after Bitcoin is needed, but without the centralization around cheap power and without the emergence of mining pools. Interesting. So how do you make a more eco-friendly uh, Bitcoin? What's the secret sauce there if you're able to... You guys aren't launched yet, right? It's still... Um... We're not. We hope to launch the network next March. Okay. Next March. Gotcha. March 2019. Um, well, to the extent you're, you're willing to share, what's the secret sauce uh, in, in making it a more eco-friendly crypto? Yeah, we're actually very transparent about this stuff. If you check out the website, Chia.net, there's plenty of uh, academic papers and technical talks and things like that. But basically, uh, in order to do an open access cryptocurrency that doesn't have hierarchy or structure, uh, what Satoshi determined is that the, the people participating in the network need to provably waste something in order to uh, still have consensus over transaction ordering to solve the double spend problem is what he said. So uh, he chose a method to waste electricity through, uh, through a lottery game based on Adam Back's hash cash. What we're doing instead is we play uh, basically bingo with a system that Bram developed called proofs of space and time that wastes hard disk space instead of electricity. The nice thing about that is hard disk space is already being wasted and uh, if you're running a full node, you might as well just use all of your free disk space to farm because you can always delete the proofs when you need the space for something else. Interesting, interesting. And, you know, you hear, I don't know, I'm not, I'm very novice on the whole space, but you hear these dire kind of predictions about how Bitcoin is going to soon use as much energy as Argentina or, or whatever. I mean, is that... Uh, is that true or is that more just headline making? Like, you know, what's the reality? <laughs> I think the reality is that Bitcoin obviously uses a lot of energy and it obviously uses it uh, in places that, um, that don't have a lot of infrastructure to spare and they use kind of government subsidized non-renewable power um, like coal and natural gas. And nobody wants that. 
And so um, Chia hopes to just not have that problem. Yeah, interesting. And so this using up um, hard disk hard disk space versus electricity. This is a uh, uh, the hard disk space is residing on miners' computers, or is it more um, um, totally decentralized on you know persons' computers? We're hoping with Chia to kind of eliminate that difference. We uh, we really would prefer if the average farmer, let me call it farming instead of mining, if the average farmer uh, was just a full node operator that's farming their free disk space, because that we think that uh, that'll provide a more decentralized, more distributed network. How did you guys come up with this idea? Uh, well, uh, back in 2013, I was running a Bitcoin exchange called Trade Hill, and Bram messaged me over Facebook, and he asked me if I could bring my CTO in and explain how Bitcoin works kind of in detail. And so uh, we went in, and we talked about the signature scheme, the transaction format, the networking protocol, but most importantly, the mining. And that began Bram's four years of research into how it can be done better. And then last spring, he reached out to me and said that he was ready to leave BitTorrent to start a new cryptocurrency company. And would I like to come along for the ride? And give, I, I know he's not here, but give a, a little background on Bram. So he was at BitTorrent. What's what's his uh, background? Because this is such a fascinating yeah. space. Yeah. Bram invented the BitTorrent protocol, which was the first of kind of modern decentralized networking protocols. And uh, I think it would not be a stretch to say that he's one of the top distributed networks engineers live. Very interesting. So you guys came together. Um, when, I'm sorry. When did, you said that last summer, so 2017, summer 2017. Yeah, yeah. Chia Network Inc. was founded in August of 2017. And then you guys recently just raised a seed round, four million, uh, in April, right? So, so talk it was mostly last fall, and it was about 3.4 million. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you start the company in August and, and by, call it September, October, November, you're already raising money. Um, what, were you, what were you raising on? Was it just this concept and maybe your backgrounds? Like, I always like to ask people, like, what were you pitching at this time? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty th threadbare. We basically had two guys on a whiteboard and uh, we were telling the, some of the best investors in Silicon Valley, you know, uh, believe in us so we can hire engineers and start working. Yeah, very interesting. Um, so let's talk about those engineers because I'm looking at the list here and it's, it is just the A-list. Um, we have Naval Ravikant of Angelus. We have Andreessen Horowitz. How did you assemble this group? Did you already have relationships? Did you, um, you know, how did you identify these folks and how did you get in front of them? Well, uh, Naval was actually only our second fundraising meeting. And uh, he told us that he was just absolutely thrilled that we reached out to him. He had been wanting to uh, find a way to invest in Bram for years. He, uh, he knew that BitTorrent wasn't gonna be Bram's only contribution to society, that he had much more in him. And uh, he was just really eager and excited to support us. And so he did something that has, um, has never happened to me as an entrepreneur before, which is if we offered to allow him to allocate a certain amount of the round, he agreed to buy any unsold allocation for a $3 million round. And so that allowed us to fundraise with the confidence that no matter how any particular meeting went, we would sell the whole round. 
Interesting. Okay. So he said, let me know on this deal. I'll, did he offer to kind of take it around to his connections and some of these other investors? And if, if there was any left remaining, I'll buy it up. Is that kind of what you're describing? So he said, basically, if you let me and my friends in a syndicate be the largest investor in your round, then I'll help you by promising to buy any unsold allocation, which will make fundraising much easier to master. And did he run it through his AngelList syndicate or did he like form a, a syndicate off of AngelList? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Um, I, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, he, all I know is it was a single purpose vehicle that invested that involved uh, negotiated for and signed for. Gotcha, very interesting. Um, it's such like a um, topsy-turvy world, right? Like Naval is syndicating this angel round, but then you've got folks like Andres and Horowitz uh, and Greylock coming on. So um, I guess was Naval the lead investor in the round and these others were just picking up a small piece to have a seat at the table for future rounds? Uh, yeah. So uh, other than um, Naval Syndicate and Metastable, which invested alongside Naval, um, every one of the, uh, the the six funds that invested got exactly the same allocation. Mm -hmm. Why? And somebody... then the, the total round was about was about thirty, um, and it was uh, was mostly uh, angels in San Francisco and New York and L.A. and a few small funds. Thirty. The total round was thirty investors or thirty. Yeah. Uh, okay. Interesting. Um... So a question, why did you go this route instead of like a token sale? Yeah, so uh, um, first of all, just a, a bit of a summary. Uh, what we're doing is we're taking the company public, hopefully this July, oh, okay. using uh, the Jobs Act, the mini IPO process. Uh -huh. uh, it's known as Reg A. And so uh, the reason that we're doing that instead of a token sale is because the uh, the token sale process has a lot of kind of unanswered regulatory questions, and continuing to uh, to deal with the regulators is very expensive from a legal point of view and just from an entrepreneur stress point of view. And it's not at all clear what the final rules are going to end up being and how it's going to work. So just taking the company public instead and selling equity to the public, I think, is going to give us a lot more regulatory clarity, a lot more um, uh, a lot more kind of dependable, predictable legal and accounting bills, and uh, and really will give us the thing that you want from an ICO, which give it, which is give the public the opportunity to get involved and support us before the network launch. Very interesting. Okay, let's unpack this a little bit. So you're taking the public, the company public using Jobs Act. Can you, um, for anyone not familiar, kind of elaborate how this works? Is this allowing only accredited investors or unaccredited investors to buy buy shares. Uh, no, as you as your viewers probably know, um, it's really easy for startups to raise from accredited investors. Basically, so long as you verify that the investor is already rich, you can sell them contracts and expect them to do their own due diligence. Uh, public investors, on the other hand, are very protected by the law. There's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of disclosures you have to do. You have to describe fairly the risks. You have to give them audited financials. Just a lot of hoops you have to jump through that you don't for uh, credit investors. So the 
The Jobs Act is intended to have a relatively lighter weight process than full public registration that still allows you to take non-accredited retail investors. Are they limited? They're limited in how much they can invest, right? Isn't it like... Uh... So there are two important things. One is uh, the company can't take more than $50 million a year using Reg A. Okay. And then, and then the other important limit is an investor can't invest more than I believe, and I'd have to ask my lawyer to make sure, but I think it's uh, 10%, it's the higher of 10% of their income or net worth. So somebody who makes $30,000 a year can't invest more than 3000 for example. Gotcha, gotcha. And how much are you guys planning to raise? So your cap is up to $50 million. Do you have a target amount or do you raise what you raise? It's going to be up to the investing public. Our plan is to run an auction where the, where the minimum bid kind of gets us to where we want to be in terms of percentage of public ownership. And then... Um, and then if the auction is oversubscribed, we'll take only the 50 million allowed by law, but the, uh, but the bidders will push up the price per share. I gotcha, okay. And so who's handling this auction basically? It's, uh, is, there, is this an online site or is this a, using bankers? How's it work? So we're talking to various crowdfunding portals, but we might actually just run it on our site. Uh, the, the difficult and important part for the Reg A is you need to have a transfer agent to track your shareholders, and you need to publish audited financials and SEC qualified disclosures. Um, but uh, we think that it's probably possible that just traditional escrow agents can provide the escrow for the auction. We don't necessarily need a platform or an underwriter. Uh, but we're pretty dedicated to the idea of not using banks or broker dealers to, to underwrite the thing. I don't think for, uh, for companies that know what they want to do, that have a strong brand, that have investor interest already, I don't think that uh, bankers or brokers add a lot of value. Interesting, yeah. And do you already have kind of a fan base uh, that you can tap to possibly purchase <laughs> purchase shares or do you have to build that? Are you building that yeah. now? Yeah. Yeah, if, if your viewers are interested in kind of participating in Chia, they can either subscribe to our mailing list or they can join our Keybase channel where people talk every day. Your what channel? And, Sorry, um, what was that? Keybase. Can you uh, tell, point, what's the URL or where, where would they find out more information about that? You can find the instructions on our website, Chia.net. Okay, gotcha. Interesting. But yeah, Keybase is a is a chat program that uh, that's fully encrypted that allows people to uh, to prove ownership of particular keys on their social networking uh, profiles like uh, Twitter and Facebook. So it's a it's a it's a nice place to kind of have secure conversations. It's a little bit uh, it's a little bit better protected against various fraud schemes than say Telegram. I gotcha. Why would you host this auction yourself versus using a platform? Is it just to save the fees or is there some other reason? Control? Yeah, I mean, mostly um, the benefit that the platforms bring is they have their own audience of investors. But for Chia, we've gotten enough interest from people who've been following Bram's career and my career and people are excited about the technology that we just, uh, we didn't feel like a percentage of the raise was worth the pay to get in front of more investors. Very interesting. Do you think you would you would do a token sale in the future uh, if regulations and, and issues around it kind of settle down, or or is that not on the path? Like, where do you think about future fundraising, given what you're doing? Yeah. 
so the company is going to be capitalized by a by a large pre-mine of the cryptocurrency. And so the business model for the company very simply is we hope that that pre-mine increases in value faster than we burn our investors' cash. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, allow us to continue creating shareholder value while uh, while operations. And um, right now, the only plan for future raises is uh, we hope to do the reggae, and then we hope at some point to probably uplist to a stock exchange. And um, and maybe we can sell more shares in the future as necessary to fund uh, operations improving and promoting the network. But uh, if the regulatory situation changes around token sales, we're open to the idea of someday selling the pre-mine directly. Uh, but, uh, but right now it's just, we're not planning to ever sell coins because it's just not clear that it's uh, safe or legal from a regulatory perspective. Okay, I know you have a hard stop in two minutes, but I have one more question. You know, this is just fascinating to me. It's such the brave new world of fundraising. I've been around fundraising for a while. Um, you're, you're taking this company public using Jobs Act roughly, what, call it seven months before the product launches. So is this just kind of a bet on the overall crypto market? Like, like what are people really buying in when they're buying, you know, before the product's launched? Yeah, I mean, equity investments are inherently risky. Companies can go bankrupt. Investors should never invest more than they can afford to lose because the thing about equity is it can go to zero. Um, that said, I think if someone's investing in Chia, what they're really betting on is that uh, Bram, as an engineer, can build a better cryptocurrency, and then that would be valuable. And they're betting that our team uh, will be able to continue supporting that and promoting it and encouraging the use of it over time. Okay, final question. Um, you know, take a look into your crystal ball and where do you see cryptocurrency going? Do you think there is uh, a winner take all in this market? I mean, there are some network effects to the whole model, or do you think there are a variety of cryptocurrencies, each with their own use case and, and fan base? Where does this all go? Yeah, well, you know, I get asked this question a lot. Uh, but basically, I don't think that the uh, the number to beat is the 164 billion or so um, worth of Bitcoin out there. I think that there's a, there's a huge pie of uh, international money, right? There are trillions of dollars used outside of the U.S. Um, there are many, uh, perhaps not as much as dollars, but there are many euros used outside of Europe, many pounds used out, outside of the U.K. And so the real target to me is all of the global use cases for money, all the international wires, all the remittances, all of the accounting for global corporations, all of the accounting for global families. So uh, frankly, I think that there's just so much room for the pie to expand in crypto while we're, while we're taking away the things that crypto does better than fiat, that it's gonna be a long time before the crypto market kind of settles down and uh, before it does, I think you'll see the fiats start falling more than the cryptos. Interesting. Okay, that's interesting perspective. But but over the long run, doesn't it make sense that there would be one the most efficient, the most eco friendly, the most cost efficient, you know, frictionless one kind of wins out? Is that uh, too simplistic a view? Or <laughs> I think I think over the long run. 
um, there will be one kind of most popular global currency. And uh, the goal of every project in this market should be to try to make sure that that winner is not the U.S. dollar. Mm, interesting. Why do you say that? Because the U.S. dollar is controlled uh, by a network of uh, for-profit banks that uh, put their own needs over the needs of account holders. And it's very difficult for most people internationally to get accounts denominated in the U.S. dollar and to do business with U.S. dollars. And uh, cryptocurrencies are open and easy and uh, serve the needs of their actual users. Okay. All right, very interesting. So we'll wrap it up. I'll let you get back to the business. Um, remind viewers when the uh, the public offering using the Jobs Act will happen again. So it's uh, subject to approval by regulators, but we're hoping to do it in July. So July and then um, actually a quick question. How will you leverage? You have this all-star A-list of investors, uh, Andres and everyone else. How will you leverage those guys in this public offering? Do they have connection to this? Do they have some way of promoting this? What? What's? Yeah. Yeah. I, most of the investors that have invested heavily in crypto, including Andreessen Horowitz, uh, has, uh, has spent a lot of time talking to the SEC and uh, Congress in the same way that the companies in this space have had to. And I think that, uh, that the government's openness to public offerings like ours has a lot to, um, has a lot to thank from the outreach effort by Silicon Valley investors. Mm. I guess could they would they be buying in? I mean, you can't speak for them, but would they be buying into this offering too, or are they uh, not? Uh, they'll definitely find out about it. Whether or not they invest in the public offering is up to them. Yeah, sure, of course. Um, all right, very interesting. Okay, so if someone wants to learn more, it's just chia.net, C-H-I-A.net, correct? That's right. Um, all right. Well, thank you, Ryan. This is really interesting. I, uh, I'm a fascinated novice on this space, so I'm learning a lot from you. Thank you very much. And um, best of luck with uh, the public offering and best of luck launching the platform. And I like the, the mission. I'm, I have super anxiety about uh, the energy and environmental impact of crypto. So this is I'm, – I'm in – eco guy at heart. So this is uh, encouraging to see <laughs> some efforts made in this behalf. Thank you. And thanks for your support. Okay. Thank you, sir. Cheers.